You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oof, woof. Better, better. I can recover from these things. It's been a while. I'd forgotten how. I guess that's the first time uh, Alabama has lost since 2019 Auburn. And, uh, you know, we had to play that game with our, with our backup quarterback, you know, who's now the Patriots quarterback. That's how long ago it was. That's now the Patriots quarterback, who was our backup quarterback uh, in, in that Auburn loss. It's been a while since I've had to handle one of these. But, uh, you know, I, I would say in the last couple of hours, I've uh, – I've rebounded, and I'm looking forward to Mississippi State. Uh, I wish, uh, you know, uh, I'm not the thought police. Anybody can handle this the way they choose to, but I wish there was less talk about what we have to do to get in the playoff and, and all that stuff when when absolutely the focus needs to be Mississippi State, you know, the team that beat the team we just lost to. Uh, we need to worry about beating Mississippi State is what, what the worry needs to be about. You get better, you improve you beat the next opponent. You don't sit there with pen and paper going, well, this team beats this team and this team beats that team. Uh, None of that's going to matter if Alabama continues to play as they did last night. No, and that is very true. First of all, let me say this. Thanks to everybody who's a first-time listen or the ones who make this their first uh, place to go whenever it comes to Alabama podcast. We appreciate you guys a lot. Secondly, um, Everybody who listens to this knows I went to the game first time going there. I want to, I want to say some things about Texas A&M and, and the surroundings first. Um, nicest fans I've ever been around. And I, I went to Oklahoma years ago. I thought they were the nicest. A&M was great. Uh, kudos to people only want, ran into one jackass the whole time, and that was after the game. And we had on, you know, we had on Alabama shirts, not crazy Alabama shirts, and the colors are kind of the same. And at first he goes, we just beat Bama, you know, to us thinking we were A&M fans. And we go, yeah, we know. we learned. And then he was like, oh, y'all don't, you know, he sort of went into something. And I finally had to tell him, you know, you need to have a nice warm glass to shut the hell up because uh, shit's about to get real over here if you don't. <laughs> but um, he finally did. And uh, we got to sit in their version of the zone. And uh, it was wonderful. Um, I, th- I mean this as the highest of compliments. I think Texas A&M is actually what Auburn fans think they are, meaning they're super nice. They're, they're actually fun to be around, very giving. Um, we went up on a tailgate and, like, literally it was all you could drink, all you could eat, all you could do, whatever, and we didn't know a soul in there. They were like, just come on in, yeah, you know, do whatever. And the food was outstanding. Um, the facilities were super nice. Um, it was great, man. I, I'm just telling you, is I've had a problem in one way or another, you know, a run in at every other SEC stadium I've been to, including Alabama's, by the way. Um, and all of them unprovoked because I've learned not to run my mouth about stuff like that. I just say good game and move on, whatever, win, lose, or draw. But um, th- this this was different. Even after the game, nobody was like in your face. Um, I, maybe that's because they all stormed the field. I don't know, but, um, kudos to A&M 
So if there are any A&M people listening, I had a blast. I appreciate the hospitality. Uh, give it an A+. plus. thought it was very, very cool. And um, so there's that. Now, Jimmy, before I jump into the actual game itself, uh, let me go ahead and tell everybody about prize picks. Uh, prize picks is where you want to go if you want to bet on something, you know, bet on a game in, in game, you know. Use promo code locked on when you go to prize picks or if you go to their award winning app. It's a daily fantasy made easy and um, super fun. Prize picks is a leader in college sports fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players, the power five, as well as mid majors you might not have even heard of. Prize picks allows mixed sports. Mixed sports entries, you can take the over on LeBron combined, um, you know, rebounds, assists with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. Don't hesitate. Go check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. You will absolutely love this site, PrizePicks. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. You know how good Built Bar is. Um, I had a lot of good food, but I didn't have any Built Bars this weekend, but a lot of it was good. Built Bars, awesome. Go to Built.com, Built.com. Use promo code locked in to get that discount. These things are fantastic, good for a keto or a keto diet, as Jimmy will tell you. And they, um, they, uh, the covered in chocolate, just absolutely delicious. You can't beat them. Low in carbs, low in sugar, just a, a fun to eat. It's like eating a Snickers bar that's good for you. No guilt. Go to built.com, check out Built Bar. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about the game for a second. Now, I've, I've praised Texas A&M here for a minute, uh, at least their facilities and all. I, I'm going to go on record and say this is one of those where, look, we ran into a buzzsaw. But if you just look at the stats, it looked like we whipped their ass. Now, that being said, um, man, if you can't look at the, – the problems now are glaring, and they're, they're, they're right there for everybody to see. Chris Owens played poorly. DeMarco Hellams played very poorly. Uh, John Mechie dropped key balls. Latu dropped a touchdown, of all things. Jo- uh, Billingsley, he, he dropped a, what would have been a first down on the final drive. And here's the other thing I want to talk about before you get into all those, and I'm just going to let you rant, that I do not understand our game plan for the whole game, number one. But for the final drive, we get the ball with, I can't remember how many minutes left, maybe three minutes left, something like that. We run it for the first play, get a yard. And then we pass it the next two. Well, my thinking would have been, hey, we either run it and make them use their timeouts and and try to matriculate the ball down the field that way, or we pass it the whole time because that's the best option for us to get a lot of yards. We did the worst of both worlds, did we not? Uh, I suppose uh, the play calling throughout the game was a bit confusing to me, considering how easily we ran the ball. I mean, B-Rob's numbers were really, really good. Now, I realize he had a handful of runs where he was stopped at line of scrimmage. It wasn't perfect on every snap. But 24 carries, like roughly 150 yards. I mean, he, he was six yards a pop, despite having a lot of carries. Uh, I, I'd, I'd never, I mean, he had 24 carries. He had 36 the week before. He didn't look hurt or, or, or bruised up at the end. He obviously could have run the ball six or eight more times. I, I wish we had found a way to do that, particularly around 
the goal line. Uh, and again, y'all, you know, most of the people that listen to this show have been listening for a long time, or or, or maybe you haven't. But by now, you probably picked up on the fact. I mean, I'm not a a play calling guy. Normally, uh, either keep quiet about it, but but in general, my general feeling about play calling on both sides of the ball is, uh, hey, look, if you do the the play right, as called by the coach. Uh, you know, then, then it doesn't matter what play is called. It's supposed to work if everyone does their job exactly right and, and there's too much criticism about play calling. But, but that said, when you're inside the five and you've had a ton of success running it, I don't understand the exclusive pass game. Now, I think how they would explain it is, Look, their their front four on defense is a lot for our crappy offensive line to handle. I mean, that's literally what they would tell you. I'm sure now, of course, that's not going to be the public answer. But that's what they would tell you because that's the only explanation is our offensive line can't really handle their front four. And I get that. I would be the first to admit, you know, they got more dudes on their defensive line than we have on our offensive line. True. But I point to, you know, Brian Robinson averaged six yards a pop. So you can't tell me that it was just him getting stuffed time and time again because we couldn't handle the front. We clearly got enough people blocked for Brian to be an SEC player of the week, which I'm sure he's not going to be because we lost. But he could be with those numbers. So I I don't understand the play calling inside the five. Did it cost us the game? Yes, it did. But several other things, Luke, that you've already pointed out, they cost us the game, too. There were other mistakes. There were other ways we made that game very hard on ourselves, offensively and defensively. It was very frustrating because at times we did play well enough to win the game. I was proud of the comeback. I even was proud of the urgency. I felt a lot of urgency there. When we got down and we're down a couple scores in the second half, you could really see offensively and defensively there was some urgency there. It meant a lot to the kids. They tried hard. They came back. They, they sort of played hard and then, of course, saved more bad play for the end. But, uh, you know, it's no time to make coaching changes. I don't know what the hell Auburn did firing their wide receiver coach a couple weeks ago. We got nothing to do with that. That just sounds soap opera-ish and stupid to me. Uh, it's no time to fire coaches. That's for that's for the offseason. Uh, what it's time to do now is uh, – is Nick needs to coach his coaches who need to coach their players, and we need to improve and cut out the mental errors. The one last thing I'll say right before we started this podcast, I saw a clip uh, that was run by the smart football guy on, uh, on Twitter, and he showed how A&M is blitzing from their right side. That means to, to our left side, the Evan Neal side. They're blitzing. We clearly called a slide protect, which means – our offensive line doesn't block straight on who's ahead of them. They all move in one direction and block one person over. We had a slide right when all the pressure was coming from the other side. They all slid four of the five. Evan didn't. Evan, who probably couldn't hear it because it was loud, Evan probably didn't hear the call. So he blocked straight on. The other four guys all blocked to their right, and it left two Texas A&M guys unblocked, wide open, Bryce had less than one second to eat the ball. And, uh, again, that's a 100% mental error, probably from Dalcourt. I don't want to point fingers because how would I really know? But probably the center 
uh, just made the apps. I don't know. He he said Ralph when he should have said Louis. I mean, that's all I can figure. But that was just one example of goodness gracious. How is this happening in Game Six? But you know, one, one we clearly struggle when it's noisy. Our communication on offense when it's noisy is pretty pathetic. And and I know it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but man, did we have problems with that in Gainesville? It only seemed to be worse in College Station. Yeah, and it's going to be a problem uh, with a gazillion cowbells, and it's going to be a problem in Jordan Hare. So, I mean, we better get that fixed. Do something. I don't know what it is, but we better do something. Um, all right, Jimmy, I'm going to tell everybody now uh, that we're going to be back here in just a second. When we come back, want to talk more about um, just all the – the, the debacle that was this game. All right. So Jimmy, a couple other things. Um, and, and this in no way, I mean, yeah, it may be affected the game because he was out of the game. I thought the targeting call on Malachi Moore was terrible, but I don't even know what targeting is anymore. And I saw several targeting calls throughout the day that I thought were just either missed one way or the other. And if somebody can explain to any of us what targeting is anymore, it has become worse than pass interference. Worse. Because at least with pass interference, it's an in-the-moment, and we're not going to review it. With targeting, we reviewed the Malachi Moore thing, and we still said that was targeted. And then we reviewed the one on the Texas A&M guy and said that wasn't targeted. And I don't understand it. I'm not blaming the officials. I'm just saying I don't think anybody has a handle on targeting anymore. And if that's going to be the case, you've got to quit ejecting these guys because it's not. it's just not – Right. It's, I'm not going to say fair. It's just not right to do that. Um, the last Bama drive, Jimmy, I, I, I'm really hung up on that because here's the thing. When we – I never really felt like we were going to lose. I really didn't. I mean, I, I knew we were in trouble. But uh, when we – especially when we scored that last touchdown to go up 38-31 and get the two-point conversion, by the way, shout out to Jameson Williams, played his ass off. Um, when we got that, I, I thought it was – Okay, we got this. And then we we give up another touchdown to them. And, and, and I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And look, this these are real-life problems. These are not Alabama fan problems. We've never had this problem in 100 games of against unranked opponents. It's never been an issue. It's always been something we overcome. Um. So, but that I, – I, I'm sort of – all over the place here because I really am discombobulated by this whole thing. And I've, I've seen people already um, say we should fire everybody. And I've seen other people say, this is our wake up call. And we're about to kick ass. I think the truth is right in the middle. I don't know that we're going to beat Mississippi state. I think we are. I don't know that we are. Um, I don't feel the same. And if I were Mississippi state, I'd feel pretty damn good about this team coming in there with cowbells in their ears, et cetera. Um, but I will say one other positive thing. Even though we lost, and even though it ended several streaks, I think the ending of said streaks is what puts those streaks in perspective. Nobody's ever done what Nick Saban just did. Nobody, ever. And so, and really not even close. The, the, the 100 games against unranked opponents without a loss, that's, that, that blew the other record by like 29 games. That'll never happen again. So we need to revel in that at least – you know, feel like, okay, that streak's over. Let's start a new one. Um, but do you have any – I mean, you throw out what you want to rant, what you want to rant about. Yeah. Well, I just want us to uh, 
to, to improve. Again, uh, the focus doesn't need to be on the playoff, what, what, you know, the, the, the game against Georgia and Atlanta. That's silliness. Uh, the team that lost to A&M last night is highly capable of losing additional games. So there has to be some improvement. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing some personnel changes, but, but I'll also say this. Uh, here's here's one, one rule of fandom that drives me nuts. Uh, the Okay, we, uh, well, let's, you know, Chris Owens, he didn't play well. That's true. He also didn't play well in other games. So we've got to take Chris Owens out and, and play someone else, a lot of people say. And maybe we do. Maybe that's great. Maybe that's a good idea. But I'm not at practice every day, and neither are the people saying all that. And for people just to assume that the next guy would do better, you're assuming. You're, you're just you're blindly guessing. As a matter of fact, it's not even an educated guess because there are multiple coaches, including the greatest of all time, who attends practice and watches the tape of practice and watches the tape of the games every week, and he had made a move in six games. That should tell us something about who number two is. So, you know, hey, you know, based on how a handful of kids played, I'm all for, for benching them. But there ha- the next guy up has to be an improvement. And just assuming that the next guy better, that's just – that's just hoping. That's just being a fan. See, fans gamble because their jobs don't depend on the outcome of the games. It's their emotions. It's their emotions. They're either in a good mood because you win or in a bad mood because you lose, and that's why fans want to gamble all the time. But these coaches have very high-paying jobs, and, and they don't like getting fired and having to move their kids to another town. And I mean, it's, it's a bigger decision for those guys. And, and again, I'm not saying every decision is the right one that they make. Obviously not. I just saying that the solution to, oh, we just bench them all and play the next guy, uh, it can't be that simple because it's not that simple. Uh, those kids won those jobs uh, by outperforming the other kids, one would assume. And, hey, if Nick Saban can't pick out who the best player is uh, after all these practices in the spring and fall, then, uh, then, then why do we call him the greatest of all time? I mean, so let's, uh, let's hope Coach Saban gets this uh, straightened out. He is the GOAT. Uh, obviously there's going to be some renewed uh, intensity and fervor about improving. And, uh, you know, by the end of the week, I'm going to feel pretty optimistic about Mississippi State. I'll, I'll just say this. If you play like you played last night, you could lose. Uh, so improvement has to be the uh, the word of the week. Yeah, and the problem with that um, is you're midway through the season. And, at, boy, at I want to have faith. I want to be like, hey, a lot of our national championships, we had a loss. Oh, okay. I didn't feel this way about it. I mean, I could I could understand losing to Auburn in 19 um, in the sense that we, we all noticed that was the end of Jalen's reign of terror, and it was time for somebody to take over, but nobody could remove him from that slot because he had been so clutch up until then. He, but he had been on a steady decline. Um, I could rationalize 2012 Texas A&M at home because we had just come off an emotionally drained game against LSU. That was an SEC classic. Um, what other year? Uh, 2011, a game of the century. I could justify that because that was two uh, NFL teams going head-to-head, and they had a kicker and we didn't. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Um, so I, I can justify a lot of that stuff. Uh, I could even justify Ole Miss 2015 
we have five turnovers. They have none. Um, and we also tried a new quarterback, which was a stupid idea. This one, man, I just don't know, Jimmy. I'm The more I've talked to you about it, the worse I feel, not by anything you've done, just saying these things out loud. I went with four friends of mine, and we've been to Penn State together. Um, when it's, it's three of us, two guys a little bit older than me, and one of their sons, we went to Penn State when he was a young boy. Um, went to Georgia uh, we, in 15. We went to Tennessee a few times. Went to LSU in 14. Um, went to, uh, shoot, trying to think of some, oh, South Carolina a couple years ago. Uh, you know, we've been all over the place together to some of these games, and we've never seen a loss. And so we didn't know how to react. Um, it was it was quite bizarre. Um, but I think the only thing we can do, and I hope Nick Saban is doing this, is try and put the best foot forward and say, okay, guys, we quit worrying about any hype. You're not number one anymore. Don't worry about You ain't got that crown weighing you down anymore. So let's just go out there and keep trying to win. If Alabama wins out, they're in. I mean, we still control our own destiny, um, but this stings. And, uh, again, kudos to Texas A&M. Uh, I, because Jimmy and I are talking about Alabama's mistakes, doesn't think you didn't earn it. You did earn it. We just uh, – this is an Alabama show, so we got to talk about what we did wrong, not necessarily what you did right. I just want to be clear about that. Because um, the last thing I want to do is sound like Bo Nix blaming the officials after the game. Uh, yeah. But, um, all right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow, hopefully in a better mood and with a better outlook. But for now, certainly you guys can understand why we're a little bit despondent. We are still the fifth best football team in America per voters. That's true. Okay, yeah. Leave it with a bright spot, Jimmy. You're a great manager. Um, <laughs> all right, buddy. Roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.